Need to buy or sell something that's big, heavy, or bulky, and you really just don't want to mess with shipping? Go to Facebook Marketplace. You can connect with thousands of buyers or sellers in your nearby area. But beware, not all Marketplace meetups are safe, and some can be downright sinister. This week's episode is Facebook Marketplace Murders. Yes, that was the sound I was playing in my head that I was hoping you were going to do. Good job. In the spring of 2021, after a full year of enduring a global pandemic with no choice but to homeschool their children, two sisters come together and decide to take back control. With very few choices left in this new world, they decide to start reselling clothes online and recording the ups and downs of their experiences in hopes of helping other struggling moms. We are the Thrifter Sisters. So last week we mentioned our Heather house a couple of times. And so we thought we would, to the best of our ability, tell the story. Because in all honesty, Lacey and I didn't experience, I guess, the haunting of that house. I mean, in retrospect, I think I saw some, I noticed some things. But as a kid, I was like, la, 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 like... Well, like we mentioned last week, we both always felt very uneasy mm-hmm. in that house. And it seemed like it went above and beyond just like regular childhood fear, particularly us who were, you know, around people that did nothing but talk about and show us scary things. Yeah. And tell us how there was proof that there's ghosts everywhere. Yeah. So um, also I was thinking about, so our um, part of our family heritage is Native American, our Mom's side of the family is Spring Creek, and that is a tribe that I want to say is from, like, the Florida area. They were a peaceful people. Um, but, you know, the, the spiritualism involved with the Native American culture, it it is strong, and particularly when it comes to the afterlife. And so our great-grandma, Mama, she was, was she half... Native American. I mean, y'all, the the heritage is strong enough that in college, our mother got reparations checks. Yeah. Like, so it's, it's, we are not that many generations removed from full-blooded Native peoples. And that heritage in terms of like storytelling and afterlife and ghost world and, you know, spooky things like that definitely trickled down and has made it, made it all the way to our generation. Um, so when we say that we grew up with like a bunch of, uh, like that really is a big, I believe I was thinking about this after we recorded last week, a big factor and why that was, um, such a predominant theme. That's a really good point. I never thought about that because if you look at it, I mean, it's true. Like the storytelling and the fact that the story that we're about to tell about the Halloween. (laughs) Oh yeah. So it's not going to be positive. It's just not. Okay. Okay. So. Do you remember what you're saying? Yeah. So the story we're about to tell you, I find that very interesting because it focuses on the adult females on mom's side of the family. Well, mama, um, grandmommy too. Grandmommy witnessed it too. Oh, see, I don't remember that. Yeah. All, all, both grandmothers and mom. And so cousin Kim. I don't think so. 
She wasn't a mom. She was an adult, female. Mm-mm, I don't think she witnessed it. Well, we'll I'm going to hold that up to debate. I have to ask her now because I feel like we'll she have to did. fact check that, but yeah. I don't think she ever witnessed it. Fact what check me. <laughs> what? You can't fact check me. Yeah, I can. I'll ask her. <laughs> did you witness this? And she'll say no. And I'm like, I know you didn't. Lacey's dumb. <laughs> Maybe I'm replacing her with grandmommy in my head. <laughs> no, it was grandmommy. So the story, so we lived, like we mentioned before, we lived in this Victorian house. It was not old, um, but it was a Victorian style home. And Lacey and I always felt uneasy. I don't remember ever anything in particular that happened that I witnessed. I just always felt scared in that house. <clears throat> Come to find out, after we moved, we moved to Houston two years after living in that house. So across the state of Texas, we moved. Well, mom starts telling us how the house was haunted that we'd lived in. Record scratch. <laughs> right. <laughs> And like in way too much detail telling us to the point where like, oh my God, I was having nightmares. Like, do you want to tell it or do you want me to? Well, I thought, I thought we could take turns. Okay. Well, you go. Cause I want to hear like what your version is. I remember. Your, well, again, this is a second hand, hand account. This right. This is the story from our mom and our grandma and grandmommy. And you know, for age reference, like we only lived in that house for two years, moved in when I was eight, moved out when I was 10. So you were 12, almost 13. We were, I was 12 when we moved out. Yeah. Um, Cause I remember I turned 10 in the Houston house. That's the only reason I remember that. And so we were very little and, you know, I'm being, being told by our mom. So the way the house was designed, you walked into the front entryway and there was a spiral staircase that went up to the second story and right at the bottom of that spiral staircase near the front door was the guest room slash office library room. And at the top of the stairs was our parents' bedroom. And then you would turn down that hall and it would be our brother's room, my room, and Lindsay's room was all the way down at the end of the hall. But our mom's and dad's room was right at the top of the stairs. And mom said that she used to, and dad was traveling all the time, you know, and mom would be there alone and going to bed. And we're in this big house and, you know, she gets spooked out too. And she said she would hear little kids running up and down the stairs, like little footsteps, like laughing and whispering and giggling <laughs> and just running up and down the stairs at night. And she thought it was us. And she would get out of bed and come out there ready to like tell us, you know, shut the hell up and go to sleep. And then there's nobody there. And it got to the point where she felt so crazy because she knew she was hearing it. But she would like go into our rooms and like put her fingers under our noses because she just knew that we would be laying there going because <laughs> we were running and jumping into bed. We knew she was coming. And obviously, yeah, we she were said not. she would like put her, her ear like up to our chest because she was like, I know their hearts are going to be pounding because they're like faking that they're asleep. Yeah. Because, you know, she was just we're in this so big house and we can run up and down the stairs and mom, we think mom's asleep, which I totally get. Yeah. She said she heard like running up the staircase and then down the hall. Mm -hmm. So it was a very specific pattern and and they were not quiet, I'm guessing. Yeah. She, she said it sounded like children because they were like little footsteps, you know, like, like just a difference between a grown woman or a man walking up yeah. and down the stairs and a kid like, you yeah. know. And, and then she heard laughing. She would hear laughing and yeah, whispering, whispering and giggling. And she thought she was going crazy because dad never heard it. We never said anything about it. And she felt, so she never said anything to anybody about it. Cause she was like, oh my God, I'm going insane. And she even got to the point where it was, it would be bothering her so much. She was, she would open up her door, her bedroom door 
because at this point she's realized at some point, I don't know how long it took her to be like, okay, this is not my children. Something else is doing this. She got to the point where she was opening the door and she was yelling, Hey, be quiet. I'm trying to sleep. Or she would say something to them, the ghost, the the children ghost. Yeah. She said she talked to them like kids. And she was like, Hey, you like you kids, you children, like you be quiet. People are sleeping here. And they would go to sleep or they would, they They would would stop. So what's interesting about this story is that, you know, we don't know because we didn't witness this firsthand. And if we did, we were little, we wouldn't remember, but we didn't, is that conversations would come up and my grandmother, my mom's mom, Nani, she heard and witnessed the same thing. Like when she would be staying with us when mom and dad were gone out of town or something, she witnessed it. And our other grandmother, dad's mom, grandmommy, she heard the same thing. She would come and so they would be sleeping in that guest room that was right at the base of the stairs. So it was like guest room, spiral staircase, mom and dad's room. Mm -hmm. So they'd be sleeping in that room and they were hearing the same exact thing of kids running, laughing, whispering up the stairs, boom, 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 down the hallway. And they were just, and they were, they would come upstairs ready to like, you know, tan our rear ends because we got spanked. It was the eighties. And, (laughs) (laughs) and we were all dead asleep. And I guess during course of conversations, like the three of them all realized like, holy smokes, we are all experiencing and listening and hearing the same exact thing. And so they all just kind of came to the conclusion was that the mother, only mothers could hear that sound because it was children. Because we were obviously oblivious. Dad never said anything about it. Yeah. I'm sure granddad and pa stayed with us at times too. I've never heard them say anything about it, you know? So whatever that, those spirits were, that spirit, what, whatever that energy was, we, it wasn't the house related. We were, like I said before, we were the second people that lived in that house. Um, the, the people that lived in it before us for a few years, they didn't die in that house or anything. So it most likely was something attached to the land. Yeah. Cause that was prairie land. I mean, that was definitely you know, settlers land out there. Or it was a haunted antique that mom brought home. (laughs) Yeah, but that didn't happen. Like that particular instance didn't happen once we moved across the state. Like, no, I'm not saying mom hasn't brought home haunted antiques. I just don't like, I think those particular energies did not come with us to Houston. All right. So I just thought we should, um, just just because we mentioned it last week, kind of go into a little bit of detail. I thought that would be a fun story to share. I also want to point out that like when, when um, we were talking about last week, I was like, Lacey, how's, what does this have to do with eBay at all? Like your story? And, and I thought like, that I mentioned the yeah, fact yeah. that their Dybbuk box was originally sold on eBay that started this whole thing. And apparently I didn't. <laughs> no, you did not. You did. I mean, when I asked you, you're like, well, it was sold on eBay. I'm like, well, you didn't mention that. Because I had it in my like, writing. I guess I just skipped right over that sentence. And you're like, you're going to go back and listen to this and you're going to be burnt. <laughs> but guess what? You're burnt. Self-burn. <laughs> stupid all right well i'm Lindsay. i'm lacy and we are both online resellers and let's get into today's topic which is facebook marketplace murders thank thank you all right so i'm gonna give a little bit of history on marketplace it was only launched in 2016. That seems crazy. It seems like it's been around longer than that. But anyway, it was launched in 2016 and now has over 1 billion users. <laughs> there are only 400 employees across four countries, Singapore, the United States, and India. 
Oh, in Ireland. That, I was like, that's only three in Ireland. <laughs> Each of these employees is tasked with checking 600 scams or reports per day. That gives each worker less than one minute to investigate the incident. Facebook relies heavily on the algorithm to detect possible scams, but does so with very little effectiveness. Workers claim that the system rarely detects even the most obvious of scams and often deletes and blocks accounts of genuine users. During an interview with ProPublica, ProPublica, a nonprofit media organization, one of the cybercrime employees said his work was mostly reacting to crimes that have already happened not proactive. And then I noticed I went in through the main marketplace page. I did not see anything that said, like, I feel like on Craigslist, there's warnings that say stuff like, be careful, be, you know, like yeah. look out for the, these are the th- red flags you want to look out for when meeting somebody, do it in a well-lit area, blah, 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 blah. But I did not see anything on the main marketplace page. The only thing I saw were safety protocol calls in regards to COVID. Yeah, good. I noticed that too. There, but like there was nothing like, I just, you know, I, my first instincts are like, people are stupid, but people are innocent. People, people are, are trusting, naive. you know, people are trusting their people are not like us and listen to nothing but true crime all the time and realize that these things, this, this is a threat. Like, if that's not in the forefront of your life, like you're not yeah. going to be like, I'm just going to sell a dresser. I, it's fine. Yep. It's particularly like if you're living in a smaller town, like, I don't know, people just don't have our mindsets. Again, yeah. didn't grow up like we grew up. <laughs> <laughs> According to Facebook, they're always working to fix these issues and the suggestions that they are not trying to prevent scams and protest people are false. So Facebook doesn't, they think they offer plenty of protection for its users, but that's their opinion. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think they have a lot right. of their own opinions that are different from ours. Oh my God. Opinions. I just heard today that they're going to be changing their name as they rebrand. What? Yeah. Like it's not going to be Facebook anymore. Do you think face it's... head? Book face? Is it going to be book face? <laughs> they're never just going to like get MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> We're taking back MySpace. I bought MySpace. <laughs> Mark, it's just going to be called Mark Zuckerberg's place. <laughs> Old Zucky's, Zucky's house. A hey, place you- to grow inadequacies and spread false information. That's a really long title. <laughs> did you, did you, did you see the pictures I posted on Old Zucky's site yesterday? <laughs> Maybe they'll call it the Z-Berg. <laughs> Who's even on Facebook anymore? Not me. I, I have, um, I haven't sourced anything from the marketplace, but I have, um, searched through it a couple of times just to see. Lindsay's killer story. Lindsay. That's what the notes say. Lindsay's killer story. Let's go. <laughs> Joseph Vindel was 29 years old. Oh, this is my story that I'm telling, by the way. I'm going like it didn't to- happen to her listener. She's just telling you a story about a marketplace murder that has happened in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this, this is a story I researched on the worldwide world of interwebs. www. <laughs> dot worldwide. World. No, nope, that's, nope, that's, that's the same thing. <laughs> Nobody says <Okay>. www. <laughs> dub, dub, dub. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Joseph Vendel was 29 years old, living in New Orleans, Louisiana. He was a newly licensed real estate agent. 
his father, Lindsay Vendell. Oh, nice name. I mean, again, if I had married a man named Lindsay, it would have been great. I would have yeah. loved it. The Lindsay. Lindsay and Lindsay. And Lindsay. He okay. spelled it the same as you? Or did you just automatically yeah. type it that way? Oh, that's a good point. I think it was the same way as me, but I, you're, I could have accidentally just automatically typed it the way I write my name. He, I'm an EY. All right. Everybody knows about the long historic battle of Lindsay EY versus Lindsay AY. <laughs> Do they? Do they though? Yeah. I feel like it's common knowledge. <laughs> it is taking those little bike racks and, you know, the little license plate for your bikes and all the little tourist gift shops. They never had the EY. <laughs> it's true. We're losing over here. And I mean, my name is also Lacey. So suck it. That was even harder. <laughs> I mean, it, we're, I've been, I'm seven minutes in. I'm on the second sentence. So let's, let's go. We can do this. His father, Lindsay Vendell, said his son was outgoing, friendly, and happy and excited about his new career path. A quick search through Joseph's Facebook profile shows listings of homes for sale, as well as articles on how to increase your curb appeal and make your entryway pop. On Saturday, March 7th. So this was of this year, 2021. On Saturday, March 7th, 2021. So this year, Joseph went to his father's house for dinner, a weekly ritual the two shared. The two were very close and enjoyed a steak dinner together regularly to catch up and spend time with one another. That night, Joseph mentioned that he had plans the next day to meet a buyer for the sale of his red Honda dirt bike. He'd listed it on Facebook Marketplace and had found someone who was who wanted to purchase the bike for $2,750. While saying their goodbyes that evening, Lindsay Vendell said he kissed his son and told him that he loved him. That would be the last time he'd ever see his son again. The next morning, Joseph left his home around 10 a.m., hauling a trailer with his black Lexus SUV. He drove to an apartment complex to meet Jalen Harvey, the prospective buyer, at his home in the St. Germain apartment complex. When Joseph didn't return home and could not be reached by phone, his family contacted the police. His girlfriend, Katie, posted this message on her Facebook page. Please share. Yesterday at 10 a.m., Joseph Vindale, my boyfriend, went through Facebook Marketplace Tulane Classifieds to sell his dirt bike and went to Harvey, Louisiana to sell to a person, and he has been missing for almost 24 hours. I know the power of community and people, so please share, share, share. Car missing is a black Lexus. He was found shortly after this message was posted, shot dead inside of his SUV. Authorities were quick to piece together a timeline and meeting location through Vindale's Facebook Messenger. They arrived at Harvey's apartment complex Monday morning and found the motorbike on the balcony of one of the apartments. Shortly after, Harvey was arrested and confessed to shooting Joseph the day before. The gun used in the slain was allegedly located in his apartment. When Joseph had arrived at Jalen's apartment, the two men talked through the open window of the SUV. Jalen handed Joseph the money. Joseph was dead moments later. Harvey then moved Vindell's body to the back of the car and drove 20 minutes away. At this point, he removed the dirt bike and rode it home to park it on his balcony, where it was discovered by the police the next day. After Harvey's arrest, during a probable cause hearing, he claimed that he shot Vindell in self-defense. According to NOLA.com, Harvey told investigators that after he handed Joseph the cash, he drew his gun on Harvey. Harvey quickly pulled the gun he had in his sweatshirt and shots were fired. Investigators reported that Joseph did have a pistol with him but that his injuries were not consistent with Harvey's story and there was no evidence the gun had been pulled. One of the bullets entered between two, finger, two fingers on Vindell's left hand, 
traveled through the palm, and exited the webbing between Vindel's thumb and pointer finger, ultimately making it impossible for him to have been holding the gun, as Vindel's gun, as Vindel's gun evidenced no damage. As Harvey drove the SUV and body away, he threw Joseph's cell phone and the cash. He said he threw out the cash because it had blood on it. Later, the authorities recovered counterfeit money inside of Harvey's apartment. A ripped corner of the same counterfeit money was recovered in Joseph's vehicle. Jalen Harvey is currently in custody and being held without bond for first-degree murder. He also faces charges for armed robbery and obstruction of justice. Damn. These people. Like, you're going into a murder scene that you're going to commit murder and there's already an electronic paper trail of the person you're going to meet. Like how stupid do you have to be? That's what, you know, I was thinking that too. And it's again, we don't know like what the education level of this guy was. Like he probably, I mean, clearly has to have had a history of mental illness. Yeah. Like it, we can never put ourselves into the mindset of these people because they're cle- like clearly something is going on inside their brains that we can't identify with. I mean, ugh, I hadn't heard that story. Yeah, the fact that he threw the money out and then oh, it's just, it's counterfeit money. He wasn't even actually like, yeah, unreal. I know. And was his initial plan like did he plan along? Oh, I'm going to kill this dude, and right? Or is he like, just going to steal the dirt bike by giving counterfeit money? Right. Like he, his plan couldn't have been to murder him. But maybe, I mean, why did he have a gun on him? Right. I mean, and then it might have been. I mean, the number of true crime things I've listened to that it's been like, you know, after the case is solved and they're like, oh, this was never about whatever they said the murder was about. It was about the fact that this person actually just wanted to kill somebody and they made an excuse to do it. Right. Like he had to, I mean, again, I say this, he had to have known that the police were going to come and find that bike on his patio. Right. And that Facebook, maybe he, he told his dad know. where he was going. And, you know, I, maybe, you know, maybe a, somebody who does an act of extreme violence and, a, you know, a criminal violent act like that, their brains are not working on the same hemispheres as ours. So and I typically a lot of times very intense drugs are involved. Yeah. Yeah. Altering your brain as well. Yeah. So, you know, I could sit here and say, well, he knew that. Poli- How could he not know the police were going to come and find right. that bike? It really may not have been in his brain at all to think that. And I also wondered when I got to reading this story, I wonder if he wrote it around a little more than just that 20 minutes or was that it? Is that all he got? Was that 20 minute ride back home worth it? That's what you took away from this? Well, other things too. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I was thinking, I'm like, I wonder if he wrote it around at all. Okay. Well, in my head, because there's a kid in my neighborhood that has like a little kid miniature dirt bike. Mm. He's like nine or 10 and it's real small, like low to the ground. And that's what I'm envisioning in my head, this guy. <laughs> For some reason in my head, all I see is this kid's dirt bike and he's on that. <laughs> so I dug for a while. I was trying to find, originally I was trying to find like what was one of the first uh, solved murder cases from Facebook Marketplace. Oh. I couldn't find anything. Going way back. Um, <clears throat> so, this is Lacey's killer story. 
Anytime a person decides to meet up with a perfect stranger for the ex- exchange of goods, there is always a risk for potential danger, especially when that person attempts going al- alone on this journey, which tragically is exactly what Ross, I'm guessing it's Howless, uh, 28 years old, decided to do one fateful day in February of 2020. Howless had recently listed some Apple Airbuds for sale on the widely popular Facebook marketplace. Howless innocently went to a car park in Sydney, Australia on February 14th, 2020, thinking he was potentially selling a set of Airbuds for 88 pounds. In U.S., that would be around $121, and a car park in the U.S. would be a parking garage. Never, <laughs> ever, ever agree to meet up with anyone for anything in a parking garage, listener. No. I cannot stress this enough. No. Upon arriving, Howless was attacked, severely beaten, and reportedly dragged across the parking lot by two assailants. There were no transactions. This was a trap. Sadly, Ross Hollis died from his injuries in a local hospital three days later. Detective Superintendent Breck McFadden, which I'm guessing is the Australian equivalent of a police chief, stated that the attack upon Mr. Hollis was deliberate, it was significant, and it was horrific for that man to have to experience. This is a quote from him, uh, from Brett McFadden. What we do know from the wit- their witnesses their observations indicated that Mr. Howless was at times unconscious and unresponsive. It is the senseless taking of a life, and our investigation focuses on holding those responsible to account. End quote. He also warned of the you dangers. You should have done that in an Australian accent. <laughs> I can't do that unless I say the word Forsters, Australian for beer. Hold on. Let me call Mariana real quick. <laughs> She's half Australian. I cannot do an Australian accent. Anyone who chooses to go online, their popular platforms, it turns into British. I'm just like Kim. <laughs> Can't do it. I never could do the Aussie. Uh, he also said anyone who chooses to go online, their popular platforms for the exchange of goods and services, make sure you understand who your clients are, meet in safe places and circumstances. The safety of yourself, your friends, and family is paramount, end quote. Uh, one some suggestion from him, uh, which I think I listed somewhere else in this notes too, uh, was to meet in a local police station or police station parking lot for the exchanges of these goods, which I think is a brilliant idea. Um, shortly after the attack, one Sammy Hamdock was arrested and held without bail. Back in February of 2020, this is where the story stopped and where the real investigation began. It turns out not everything is always as it seems. This was not just a random set up bl- uh, what did I write? This is not just a random setup put in blindly. What? <laughs> this is not just a random, random setup, setup blindly put into action by two criminals looking to rob any Tom, Dick, and Harry. The attack on Howless was, in fact, an act of revenge. And it seems sadly that Howless wasn't completely innocent either. It was reported in May of 2021 that one, and I'm probably going to botch this name, forgive oh, me, Lubna. Katharani, a mother of three, was taken into custody in Sydney in relation to the attack on Hallis. What was her connection to this case? Katharani was the admitted mastermind of the horrible attack. She claims to have come up with the idea and arranged the entire event in order to get back at Hallis for allegedly selling her partner a pair of fake earbuds for $150 US back in 2020. She applied to the same ad under a fake name and arranged to have her partner and another man meet Howless in the parking garage with instructions not to be seen on any security cameras and to keep their vehicle and license plate number hidden as well. At 9.16 p.m., Katharani texted Howless, 
quote, I'm here. Let me know when you arrive. Thanks, end quote. A few minutes later, Hallis arrived and was fatally attacked by two men over a pair of fake headphones and less than $200 in cash. That is what his life was worth to her. Katharani pleaded guilty to being an accessory and admitted to her part in planning the whole thing. The judge, after saying that she was an inexplicable part of this, that it would not happen without her, um, he still went easy on her. Um, when she found out, when the judge found out that uh, Katharani was the sole caregiver um, of her and her partner's three disabled children and sentenced her to two years of house oh arrest. Gosh. Hallis's mother was obviously unhappy with the judge's decision, saying, quote, I think she could have gotten a lot more because she gets to go home. She should have gotten a lot more because she gets to go home to her children, end quote. I mean, it's just awful. Cool. So the Australian legal system is just as effed up as ours. Oh, yeah. Don't you remember the story about the Blade Runner? That, like, was he a paraplegic that was in the uh, mm-hmm. Olympics and he murdered his girlfriend? And I think they sentenced him to, like, six years it's like, you know, a slap on the wrist. Again, that's just like, did she intend for this guy to get murdered? Was that her intention or just to beat the crap out of him and it just got taken too far? Either way, people are just so heartless. Yeah. It was how $150. Like, I, yeah, it sucks. You got scammed. That blows. That sucks. Yeah. Especially if money is tight and you got three kids at home. Like, I get it, but it is not worth A, ever committing violence, let alone taking someone's life. Like, that is insane. People are just unbalanced. Like, what the heck? Yeah. No, this dude absolutely, if it were true, should not be selling fakes right. to anyone. I mean, that I thought was like a little twist. I was like, oh, so he was intentionally selling these fake airbuds to like make some money. So he wasn't completely innocent either, but it is not, again, he should not have lost his life. Oh, no, like that is no. awful. Like we you don't even know like what the trickle down effect is. Like all the people whose lives have been severely altered. Yeah. I mean, that's just one thing after listening to so much true crime stuff is that you just murder is devastating, obviously. And of course the immediate family is the ones that are like the most strongly impacted, but then all of the friends and everything and the cops who get into the investigation and they get their hearts set. You know, I mean, it's just, there's so many people that are affected by the loss of one life. And it's so sad too, for both sides of the family. Like when these people are, when the trials are happening, mm-hmm. like you, you feel for the killer's family too, who were, you know, people like this, is my daughter, like, you know, this, assuming that particular woman has a, parents that were still alive, but that, you know, that's just an example. Like there's so many times where, People are having to sit there and watch their child go through a trial. And they're like, I never would have imagined that they would have been capable of this. And then obviously there's the people who's lost their loved one because yeah. of the murder. Like it's, and, and then the trials, like, oh, the legal system's so screwed up and backed up. And they're just waiting and going through this for years. And mm-hmm. then there's missed trials and they have to redo trials. And that is one thing that is different and- in like the UK government system is that you don't um, go before jury. It's not a jury of your quote unquote peers, which whatever that BS is. Um, it's, you are just talking to, I can't remember what they call it. It's not a judge. They have a different name for it. Um, magistrate, I think. Magistrate. So they go before the whole trial is pled before just one magistrate. And it is up to that one magistrate to decide your fate. Like, you know, they can just, if they're having a bad day and you're completely innocent and they're like, yeah, nah, you're going to jail. Like, <laughs> yeah. Or a bad person. Judges can be bad people too. Mm-hmm. They yeah. can be criminals too. Yeah. Judges get paid off. Like it's very interesting. So yeah. 
Well, on that fun light Ooh. note. <laughs> Yikes, man. Okay, so here are some tips that I found um, to stay safe when, and Lacey mentioned one of these above, um, for staying safe when you're staying safe when you're meeting up for a transaction on Marketplace or, you know, it could also apply to Craigslist or whatever. Next door, people sell things on that next door app. Mm -hmm. Um, Meet at the police station. Lacey mentioned that above. And many police stations now have specially designated areas in their parking lots for this exact type of transaction, which I thought. I didn't know that. That's cool. So it's like they they are perfectly happy and encouraging of people to come and do these transactions there. Um, I was thinking you could probably also do like a fire station, too. Mm -hmm. I don't even know where the police station is here, but I do know where the fire station is. Same. Meet in an area where there's always a lot of people, and it's always better to take someone with you. Let others know where you're going and who all is... What? Let others know where you are going and who all is coming with you and with whom you are meeting up. I don't know that that makes sense, but you get the idea. Just Why does that not make sense? Let others know where you are going and who all is coming with you. Hey, Dad, Lindsay and I are going to the police station to meet... Bob Jehoshaphat. Oh, okay, I get it. Well, we tell dad that we're going together. Together, I mean, I yeah. <laughs> Are we telling our dad in the afterlife? Well, who else is going to watch over us, dude? Yeah, he's the only one that there that's there all the time. Yeah. Is he watching us right now? Sometimes I think he's communicating with me with the lights in this closet, this particular closet alone. But we do record our podcast in there a lot. It makes sense. Yeah. Um. So that's pretty cool that the police stations have those stations set up. So we definitely recommend using those. Um, I've been considering like looking for uh, mid-century modern furniture at Goodwill every time I go. And I, I have been looking, I've never found anything and then selling it on marketplace. <sighs> but I just like, I don't want to meet up with people. Yeah, No, I like, mean, especially with COVID and then right. like, yeah, I just, I think back now, like I used to go meet people for stuff on Craigslist. Sometimes I had to go by myself and like, would always tell other people where I was going. And a lot of times I would like be on the phone with Jeff. Like, what's he going to do through the phone? But like, yeah. you know, at least someone would know if something happened to me. There's been plenty, plenty of crimes that people have witnessed over a phone. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so I'm just like, I remember going to get a pack and play from some couple out in Culver City when we were living in Los Angeles and I was pregnant with Jackson and Jeff was out of town working and nobody could go with me. And I was like, oh, this is going to be one of those stories or somebody's going to kill me and cut my baby out. Like I was just terrified, but I it was $25 for a pack of play. Dude, when we lived in LA, I went by myself to pick up either a washer or a dryer. Yeah. I remember that. Down like in Venice or Huntington, one of those beach. So I like, you know, all of those little condos and stuff, not all of them, but a lot of them have garages and they're like, they back up into alleys like yeah. little alleys so like oh my gosh I have to go down this alley by my and it was like this you know high as a kite like hippie dude Stanford Brown yeah man this still works it's real good you just gotta hook it up when you need to go to Home Depot bro you need this one little piece it'd be <laughs> I made it out alive and I got us a washer and dryer and then it was the wrong connection the washer got- worked we did not have the dryer connection so we just hung our clothes in the garage to dry <laughs> Or we went over to the neighbor's house, crazy neighbor lady. I don't remember using her dryer. That's so funny. There was a few. T- we didn't do it a lot, but there was a few times where oh, I did. CNL. I was going to go for her as Halloween one year. Crazy neighbor lady. I know. I know. <laughs> All right. So let's uh, let's just do a few minutes of reselling. Um, I was going to share how 
Okay, so I'm selling on consignment a Burberry vintage Burberry trench coat, um, which is awesome. I found one that sold just like the the day I listed it. I found one had sold like a week before, maybe for $500. Mine isn't quite as in good condition as that one. Um, But still, like a vintage Burberry is going to sell for several, several, several hundred dollars. So that's super exciting. Um, What I wanted to share about it. So I put it on Poshmark first and then was cross-listing to eBay and Mercari. And as soon as I put it on Mercari, it is still up, by the way. I was wrong. Oh, okay, good. Um, as soon as I put it on Mercari, like within like two minutes, maybe even less, it got removed and it said it was a prohibited item. I was like, what the heck? What are you, t- what are you vintage Burberry? <laughs> How dare I? <laughs> so I looked further in the skin of real Burberries. <laughs> <laughs> we don't, we don't, we don't agree with this. Burberries are endangered. How dare you? So I, you know, I read further into the message and it was that is because that's like a designer brand, a luxury brand, and there needs to be the serial number. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Well, that makes sense. Well, I don't know the serial number. So anyway, I looked up on YouTube how to authenticate the Burberry and I found out on the inside of the left pocket, there's a little tag and it doesn't say serial number, but it says something like order number. And apparently like this guy was saying that was authentic- authenticating this in the YouTube video teaching me. Just me, no one else. Just for you. Yeah. That, hey, Lindsay um, with an EY. <laughs> that no, <laughs> that's right. That no fakes would have had that little pocket patch in there. So I went and I took a picture of that, and which it did have a list of numbers and posted that and relisted it on Mercari. And it's still up as far as I know. So good, good job, sister. Some, some sort of Mercari hot tip, I guess. Yeah. I mean, authentication is a big deal when you get those hot items like that. I'm looking, I'm actually looking up right now to see if it's hopefully it still, still there and get pulled. Yeah, it's up. Dun, oh, dun, yep, dun. Yep. Yeah, it hasn't gotten a ton of action. It actually, actually has no likes on Mercari, but has gotten some likes on Poshmark. It's just one of those things. Gotta be patient. Mm-hmm. Vintage Burberry. I like to say Burberry. Burberry. <laughs> Sorry, I'm there with bubble bath. <laughs> I was thinking about the hormone monster yesterday. You should have heard Zoe. Good Lord. I don't want to. I don't want her to have the hormone monster yet. She is relentless about getting a bunny rabbit. Still, I like, thought maybe she would have let it drop because she didn't say anything about it after her birthday. It was the only thing I wanted for my birthday and the only thing I didn't get. I mean, and she she was like, we're getting ready to do persuasive writing and literature and I am going to persuade you. To- <laughs> oh my gosh, she's like the kid in a Christmas story. She, writing about the seen- BB gun. You should have seen the letter she left me on the bar the other day. <laughs> oh, God. Freaking ridiculous. It's like, we are not getting a bunny. Mom, I need a bunny rabbit. <laughs> now she's decided she hates the dogs because that's one of my main reasons, which even if we didn't have dogs, we are not getting a bunny. No. Hails to the hails to the no. no. But she's like, I hate you, Roxy. I hate you, David. So I'm like, we can't have a bunny. Those dogs will be at your door nonstop. Yeah. Because she was like, I'll keep it safe. I'll keep it in a cage in my room. I'm like, first of all, so you want to torment this yeah. live in a cage in your bedroom? I was like, one wrong move. And the dogs are going to get its neck and it's whip it all done. around. Him. It's going to be a bloody mess. I hate you, David and Roxy. It's all your fault. So now she's like, well, if I can't have a bunny, can I have another puppy? I'm like, oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> no. Yeah, I told you Jackson's obsession was wanting a pet for his room. Like a gerbil or a hamster. And I'm like, we have cats. They will eat it. It will get out. Yeah. 
eventually there will be a mistake and it will be a bloody mess. Yep. All right. What's your, do you have any sort of reselling update or goal or something you would like to share? I mean, not really. Like I, I wanted to share and maybe it's commonplace for people who already sell on Poshmark, but we back and had a lot of back and forth about, and I'd seen other people posting about it, about what, how exactly closet clear out works. And I, you and I talked about this recently. <laughs> Still not clear. Because <laughs> they don't, they don't make it very obvious. They like, you know, it's like closet clear out and they do it like every other week, basically. Sometimes multiple times yesterday, in a week. A sale that came through yesterday that didn't have, it was an offer price, but it didn't have the the shipping, extra shipping on it. So I'm guessing it's an offer that got sent out automatically by my person that I hired to mash buttons all day. <laughs> but it didn't have the shit. I'm like, was yesterday a closet clear out? Wait, no, that's not even how closet clear out works. You can't, it's not just from sending out offers. You have to drop the price. How yeah. did this happen? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> because I do not know. That was the whole thing. So, you know, if you're going to lower your prices, you can do like lower your actual edit your price and lower it. And then you can do offers to likers or you can do private you offers to, do it to individual likers. clear out day, right? Say what? You cl- you have to drop your price on offer. On it has to be on closet clear out. Yeah. And for them to cover the shipping for you. Right. And so you have to yeah drop your actual price Yeah. Um, during the time frame of closet clear out. And Which then- I did not do on those jeans. I don't understand. Yeah, that's I weird. don't understand. <laughs> don't question it. I, I'm not. <laughs> Yours is Save not to know. Save $2.46. Love it. And then apparently, once you drop the price, the free shipping is only available for the next six hours. And then if anybody sees that and goes in and, you know, they notify the people who have liked it. you're wrong on that. I think it is like if it's an offer you sent during closet clear out, once midnight hits, I think you have six hours from that point. And Poshmark will still In very fine print. Like I looked at it. It it says exactly – the price is, or the sh- shipping is free for the next six hours after the price is dropped. Like that's exactly yeah, what they we're say. We're just going to agree to disagree here. I'm right. You're wrong. No, you're burnt. <laughs> Again, double self burnt. <laughs> I don't, why is it so confusing? Why? Why? I think they... because they don't want to cover the cost of shipping. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, don't make us do it. They're out. Well, then maybe you should stop holding them every five seconds. <laughs> So yeah, I, I have been sticking with my original thing of just every Friday sending out 25 to 30% off, um, offers to likers. Uh, and this past Friday, I didn't do that because I did closet clear out and actually dropped the prices on everything that had had likes. And, um, I don't know that I had that big of a difference in sales. I mean, it was still a really good weekend for me, just like kind of the same as last weekend. Um, but so both strategies seem to be working. So I'm I'm amped to keep trying both. And I want to continue to hone my focus in on lowering my um, cost of goods. Yeah, so you've I've been, been doing a good job about that. Good job. I've been trying very hard when I go to Goodwill to only look for stuff that has the half off tag, um, which is hard to find, especially and I feel like the way to do it is to go Monday morning right at nine o'clock. Um, because then, you know, they've just changed the color that day. People have come in on Sundays to the $1 deal. So all the old colors are gone. And, you know, if you have the time to sit there and go through everything, like, you know, with with a fine tooth comb, that's when you can find the good half off stuff, but you have to be there and people line up. 
Like they're like lining up at oh. like 8.30, 8.45 to get in that door at night. Oh, really? I hadn't seen it before. I went just on a whim one day because I had dropped Jackson off at school and had gone to the post office. I was like, I thought Goodwill opened at 8. And so I got there and it was 8.30 and there was like a group of people, like 20, 30 people standing outside the store. And I was like, why are they all out there? And then I looked at the time and I was like, oh, it doesn't open until 9. And I was like, oh, it's Monday. That makes sense. That's when like it's a good time to go get the half off deals. Were you getting um, reseller vibes from those people? Um, No, because I... I'm having a lot of social anxiety with COVID. So I was like at the back of the parking lot waiting for the doors to open. And then I went in. And then so you didn't? I, yeah, I didn't really good. And that's that huge Goodwill on 29. So I wasn't like really near a bunch of people once I was in the store. Hmm. So that's a good thing. I'll have to pay attention to that because I'm planning on trying that again next Monday. Okay. I'll, I'll put Why the- Why can I go with you? Oh, because I have a dentist appointment. Mm-hmm. I'll put but the feelers out. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll meet you Monday morning at nine because my appointment's not till eleven. Okay. So I could, I could meet you, then brush my teeth in the parking lot, and then go to dinner. <laughs> and, and I can't wait to hear how she's going to tell me I need another root canal. Ugh. The last two appointments I've been to. Um, I uh, you need a root canal. Oh, I hate you, Doctor Brandt. I don't. She's really lovely. I like her a lot. She's very funny. <laughs> the root canal suck. Oh God, it sucks so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, I guess that's the end of that. Yeah. We're done. An interesting one. I think next week we'll get back to talking about Poshmark more. Okay. Reselling. Unless I come up with a different I was about to say, or maybe one more Halloween episode. Because it's Halloween, you guys. I know. I was thinking, I was like, maybe we could talk to mom and have her tell the Heather House story. But, but. It would take her 19 hours. We talk a lot. She talks way more than we do. That's true. So like, I don't know. It, that would be such a pain in the butt to edit. It would, I would have to cut out so much. It would take forever. Yeah. So we'll it's see if I come up with something else. Food for thought. All right. Well, I guess the bottom line here, folks, is be real careful when you're doing meetups. Yeah. Use, use the strategies that we shared above and, you know, just as, pretty much just assume everybody out there is out to murder. get you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just I think that's how I've stayed alive so long. I yeah. feel like that's how I learned to drive. Mom and dad always said, drive like everyone is out to get you in the car. Yeah. You know, people are trying to hit you. You got to be aggressive. You got to be defensive. And I feel yeah. like that in real life. Anytime I'm in a parking garage. <laughs> or lot even. A parking garage or yeah. lot. Just live a life of fear and anxiety. You'll be You'll fine. Be fine. <laughs> Hey, can you do us a favor and go over to the gram? Follow us at Thrifter Sisters Pod. We'd super appreciate it. And then if you could like, share, subscribe this podcast. We like growing. Yay. We're growing a little bit. We like growing. It's great. And then join us next week for another spooky season. No, mm -mm, that was written from last week. Join us (laughs) next week as we talk either spooky season or Brittany and recent. It's a real mixed bag. Who knows? (laughs) Either way, it's a real party up in here. We'll party up in here. Thanks for listening today, y'all. Two sisters, one podcast. Rifter sisters, it's the spooky edition. <laughs> okay, one more time. Let's hear the sound. All right, thanks, Mariana. Play us out of here. Bye. Rifter sisters. Drifter Sisters is written and recorded by me, Lindsay. And me, Lacey. Produced and edited by Hot Moms of Seaville's production. Just one Seaville, not Seaville's. <laughs> Music is written and performed by Mariana Bell. See you next time. Bye.